The thing about, I would say, the millennial generation, they're willing to work really hard, but they also want to have a playtime. They want a quality of life. And what happened is that changed the culture of America. I truly believe that the millennial generation changed the culture of America in this way for the positive. Because the baby boomers who spent all of their time working, but they were once hippies, that free spirit came back. This is the Seasonals Podcast, a show where we talk to people living the seasonal lifestyle. We take an in-depth look at the decision points they've encountered along the way. I'm here with Brent Klein, the owner of Van Do It. How are we doing, Brent? I'm doing great. How are you today? Wonderful. Really good. Really good. Good. And good. Where, where exactly in the world are you today? I'm physically at my hometown, which is Chillicothe, Missouri. And that is, nobody knows where that is, do they? So that's uh, northeast of Kansas City, uh, where Van Do It is, about an hour and a half. Great. And we recently had Kelsey and Jeremy Philo on the podcast from Inspiral Circus Entertainment, and they told us all about their brand new van that they had gotten days before we did the interview and how excited uh-huh. they were and how amazing the van was. So we got into contact through them and found you, and now it's great to be talking to you. I'm excited. I am too. And uh, what great people the Philos are and talented and unique very unique people, but yet as unique as they are, they're actually uh, the quintessential uh, Van Duet buyer. That tends to be the type of, uh, of customer that uh, to buys our vans. And, you know, uh, if, if people heard the Philos, they, they, are cert- they, they are circus act. They can do all sorts of things like walk on stilts and, and juggle and fire and all, you know, all the things that, uh, that you can imagine. Uh, stunts that uh, the talented people like them can do and they do all of this uh, on the road living out of their van and uh, so they, they do their work and their uh, fun all right out of their van do it adventure van yeah it's sort of when you hear that phrase out of their van like the the first thought is you know kind of this dodge caravan from my childhood but when i i, I saw a van do it in person recently in Colorado. And these things, I mean, it's like the palace of the phrase out of your van. It's and for the, the Philos <laughs> in the game, everything they needed, they can hold, I think it was like 80 plus hula hoops, all their equipment. They had chargers for all of their different led stuff. And it just sounded like so much more than I think what people first think of when they hear that phrase out of your van, it's become so much more. And, and your company has had a huge, huge part in that. Yeah. You know, sometimes people think of Scooby-Doo, you know, they think of the mystery machine and, you know, oh, yeah. uh, people piling out of the van, but you know, uh, like I said, as unique as the Philos are and, and their skills, and the type of people that are just awesome people. 80% of our customers, um, they do utilize their van for multiple aspects of their lives. You know, the van can be whatever you really want it to be at any given time. If you want it to be your fun van, you know, you don't want to adventure in it and haul your kayaks, your bicycles, your motorcycles, or, you know, whatever. We have a guy that's hauling his snowmobile around and it. it can do that. Um, the next minute it can, you can transform that van into, uh, a passenger van. So you can haul up to 11 people if you want to take some of our modular components out, fold the beds up and, and put the seats back in. Likewise, it can, just like in the case of the Philos, it can be your career van as well. We have mobile nurses, you know, the mobile circus act, um, mobile dog groomers, um, caterers, coffee shops, you, you name it. Um, it's amazing the different uses that people have figured out with regard to how to use our van in a mobile industry. And of course our society is going more mobile all the time. You know, it's uh, you, you think of like Uber eats and uh, people are willing to pay in order to conserve time. I think uh, the nice thing about the current generation is 
they actually value time much more than my generation did or than the, or than the baby boomers did. Uh, they, they understand that time is fleeting and it's one of the most valuable things that we have. So they're, they're willing to, uh, to pay for um, mobile services. And so, so many of our customers, um, you know, do utilize the band for the uh, resurgence of the mobile industry, including doctors who now make house calls out of our van. So, so there you go. That's, that's kind of, that's, that's our customer and that's, that's what we do. And it's very multifunctional. It is all about function, not so much about form. You know, um, you mentioned, you know, uh, what you think of when you think of a van, you know, these vans, they're, they're not the conversion vans of the past, you know, shag carpet, you know, velour curtains and, you know, the things that you used to see in vans that had been tricked out, so to speak. Um, we're, we are really 100% about function, transformability. We use modular components. It allows the van to be what you need it to be, when you need it to be that. And there is uh, really how the Philos are doing their business and so many others. With the, the doctor that does house calls out of his van, did you... What did you do to that one? I mean, and is there equipment, like medical equipment that you put into it? You know, there are a lot of people um, who are doing, using bands these days, our bands for um, mobile medical. Um, but I, I'll tell you, um, there's several, several offshoots to this, several ways that people in the medical industry are using the van. There's, sometimes there's a shortage of doctors, shortage of nurses, et cetera, et cetera. And so Yes, they can do mobile, but here's the other thing that we've seen happen is that they will literally go to a hospital, use their van for the night camping in the hospital parking lot, and then you know go to work the next morning. We've also seen doctors who aren't necessarily traveling, but they um, uh, the hospital space that you know once was okay to sleep in the hospital, but now you know if they have limited space, they're trying to expand the hospital. And so um, they will pay the the docs a a stipend to go stay in a hotel, say $150 for a night. Well, we've had doctors who have definitely caught on to the idea that, hey, I can have this fun machine here that can be used for whatever I want it to be used for. And I can essentially camp in the hospital parking lot and take it in $150 a day. So there's a lot of different avenues that the medical industry is using the van, but those, those are several of them right there. Yeah, no, that's a great idea is to take that daily stipend and use it to subsidize your purchase of an awesome machine that you that's can use great, all the yeah. time, not just for work. And that you're right. probably way more comfortable in if it's yours than a random hotel every night. Right, yes. And so many doctors, it seems to be, my family, we were, my, my grandfather was a doctor, but he really, he just worked all the time, but uh, they've gotten smarter and they have clinics and they have assistants and, you know, uh, it's just a little different world. And not that they don't work hard, they work very hard, but um, they also take time for themselves. And I have seen that docs these days um, uh, are very active. A lot of mountain bikers and bicyclists in general, triathletes, um, you know, runners who like to compete. So for that type of real active doctor who they might want to haul their family, but they might want to camp in it in the hospital parking lot. And then they might want to go to the local bicycle race or the bicycle race that's uh, 500 miles away. They can, they can use it for all of their activities. And that's what we see them doing. Right. I, it just makes me imagine this scene where something happens at the hospital and they need a specific doctor and they just run out to the parking lot in the van that's covered in, <laughs> covered in dirt and mud. And they knock on yes. it and the guy in, you know, muddy goggles that just got done mountain right. biking is in there and he's like, I'll be right in. <laughs> yeah. I literally think that happens. I, I think you're, <laughs> the way you're picturing it is exactly how it happens. So and uh, it is pretty funny. The thing that, that just makes me think of is, I mean, that's freedom, right? These, these doctors Absolutely. can, can do their job and do what they love and your vans facilitate the bridge between the two becoming faster and less of a hassle. Correct. And, and with nurses as well, we see the same exact stuff going on with nurses. So yeah, we see the same thing. Where did this, this whole idea, this company come from? It goes all the way back to my roots. I grew up with the best childhood anybody could ever have. And I, 
I say that and I, I don't want to sound like I'm bragging, but I had, uh, my, my parents were in the sporting goods business. And when I say sporting goods, like every type of sporting goods, you can imagine we had, um, archery equipment, you know, we had, we had guns, we had hiking equipment, climbing equipment, we had motorcycles, power sports, RVs. I mean, sporting goods, RVs and power sports. Uh, does it get any better than that? And so my whole childhood was riding motorcycles and bicycles and going to Colorado hiking. And it was always in a van there. I do not remember a vacation that wasn't either an a small RV or a van, or even in one case, it was a big RV that my father and grandfather actually converted. And it was, um, I don't know what it was. I was a kid, but it was either like a Greyhound bus or a big school bus or something. But we took a, a trip to Oregon. So it goes all the way back to my roots. Now, fast forwarding, my kids all had vacations in vans and they lived a very similar life, traveling, going to the Rockies, um, you know, just a, a very similar life to what I had. And coincidentally, they're all involved in the business today. And what happened is several years back, uh, my son was, he was a junior in college and we have the, we have an automobile business as well as, you know, being in the outdoor industry, RV industry. And he came home and he had, he got a van from our lot. He saw it coming through town and he went and asked for the keys and, you know, they checked the keys out to him and he brought it home and he said, Hey, can I just own this? I mean, can I buy this? You know, I'm about to, I won't be that long from being out of school. I really want to own this. And it was a, it was a conversion van. It had a bed in the back and, and he, he really wanted, I, I talked him out of it. I said, you know, that's a lot of money for you to invest into something right now when you're not going to use it that much. And he's like, dad, I'm in college. I work, we go on weekend trips to Arkansas, and Colorado and stuff. So, I mean, I think I'll use it. He didn't end up doing it, but then he came home with a cargo van a few weekends later, and he said, what if I convert my own and we, we won't have as much in it? Well, where that comes from is we had purchased, you know, not only did they grow up in the industry, but we had purchased a couple of old Volkswagen Westphalia vans, the old microbus, to restore. And we figured out it was, it was more than we should do, and it was over our heads, and we were going to put too much money into something that really wasn't going to be a good roadworthy, feasible vehicle. It's going to be powerless. And it, it just, it didn't make sense. So, so many of those kinds of projects sound fun, but they honestly, they just don't always make sense and don't always make sense for an individual like me that really doesn't know what they're doing to try to convert it. So, so that planted a seed back when, when he was younger to, to want to do this. And then that, that seed was kind of coming to fruition. It's kind of starting to sprout as he was about to get out of college. Interestingly enough, my son-in-law uh, had been in Valdosta, Georgia, working for a, a large corporation and something happened. And I'll tell you, here it, it was a convergence, okay? You, what happened is that I, I had a nationwide van leasing business. Um, we leased vans all over the country to ski resorts and, um, you know, summer camps and et cetera, et cetera. But the individual who ran that organization for me, he suddenly passed away. And my son-in-law, uh, so in, after he passed away, uh, I had had a company making an offer on, the, on, on that business at least a portion of the business that they wanted. And I called and I said, look, my, my guy passed away uh, tragically and I miss him a lot. I do to this day. I, I miss him, but uh, he's a great guy. But I said, I, I'm, not, I'm not equipped to run this, this business without him. And is your offer still good? They said yes. And so um, I sold the business. So uh, after I sold the business, the timing was pretty nuts. I've got my son talking to me about wanting a van or wanting to build out a van. My right-hand guy passes away. I sell most of my van business off. And then another speed bump in the road. And that was that I had a, a brain hemorrhage. And I thought I was going to die. Because one thing I knew is that I couldn't understand anything that anybody was saying to me. And I also couldn't communicate. You know, that, that, that makes you think things aren't going the right direction real quickly. And I was aware of that. And, you know, they say, you know, sometimes your life passes before your eyes. Well, I kind of did, you know, when you, when you really face death, I think, I think it kind of 
changes you afterward. I, I did recover from that brain injury, from that brain hemorrhage was what it was. I really had a choice to make. And it was put the pedal to the metal and, and really just, just seize life or put on the cruise control and travel the rest of my life. Well, with the life that I had had in the outdoor world and being able to travel as a young kid, it was a temptation to travel the rest of my life. But I decided to do quite the opposite. I took all the van know-how that we had and the relationships we had with Ford and others, and uh, I proceeded to start uh, Van Do It. Now, here's how that came about. I'm, I'm really rambling here, but it, it all kind of ties together. My son-in-law, after my general manager passed away, he waited a few weeks and then he called and he said, um, hey, I'd really like to come home. I would really like to come and work for the band business. And I said, well, Jared, there's a problem. And the problem is that I have committed to sell it off. And it was very disappointing to him, I could tell. But he um, contacted me several times after that and said, look, I've thought about it. If you're willing to have me, I, I do want to come home. We could still be in the van leasing business, just not to the magnitude we were because we were really large in, in it and I'd sold off so much of it. So he said, I I'm not coming home to just lease vans the rest of my life. If I come, are you open to doing something really big? Of course, I had had my brain hemorrhage and I had that choice to make. Is it going to be, am I going to put on the cruise control or am I going to put the pedal to the metal? And I said, Jared, I'm game. I'm ready to do something very big. What is it? Can you tell me what it is? He's like, I know, I don't know. I, I'm going to come home. I'm going to, I'm going to make the van leasing business, everything it can be. And I don't know what the rest of it is. Well, I go back to my son and the, the seeds planted with the Westphalia vans and then uh, him wanting to, you know, build his own van. So when Jared got back home to work for the company, my son-in-law, he started sending me these pictures of vans. So he's building up the company, but he's also sending me these pictures of these vans. He knew I loved bicycling and outdoors and et cetera. And we had done converting of vans for, you know, the ski industry and different things and plumbers and electricians. So we, we knew, you know, how to convert vans. We'd just never done camper vans for several years back, back in the day when my family did, but, you know, not me. And so he started uh, sending me these pictures of vans saying, what do you think of this? And I, I'm like, well, I like it. What do you think of this? Well, I, I really don't like that too much. And he just kept getting these ideas from me. And finally, I said to him one day, Jared, what are, what are you up to? And he said, um, you know, I just want to convert a van for you. I, I see how much you love cycling and, and outdoors. And I know you can afford a motor home. And I know you can, you know, do what you want to do. But I really want to build you a van. That's what I want to do. And he's really good with his hands. Jared, we call him the mad scientist. So one winter, um, when all of this was going on, it all converged at my house. My son shows up with a Ford Transit uh, van, and my son-in-law shows up, and he's had all these ideas, and the two of them had not talked. And all of a sudden, they're talking to each other about building out a van. Jared's got these blueprints drawn up from things he's asked of me. Alan has the van that he's brought uh, to the house. Next thing I know, they're in our shop building a van. That is kind of where it started, right there. They they built me that first van. Um, it was awesome. Yeah, everybody loved it. We built another one, uh, then another one, then another one. And I guess that bigger thing that he came home for, we'd found it. We started building vans for people. Now, I'll tell you, I wanted to do this because when I when I made the decision to go for it, you know, I could I could have. Um, I'm not trying to sound noble here, but I could have gone and just enjoyed the, the, the planet myself and just myself and my wife. And we just traveled. I'd had a lot of experiences in my life and I'd done a lot of traveling. I've been to a lot of places and I'd been in a lot of RVs and the memories were wonderful. They're great. But when I saw the vision of this and the fact that my second half of life could be facilitating experiences in other people's lives, um, letting them live out their dreams. And instead of me just living, living out my travel dreams, I could uh, positively affect so many people living out their dreams and facilitate those experiences and see those smiles on their faces. That is what I wanted to do. I wanted to make a difference in people's lives in that way. 
since then I've often said, it's your life. I just want to help you live it. And there really is, that is the core of Van Do It right there. That's how it all came about. I'm sure, I'm sorry, that was really long, but that's how it came about. And that's why it came about. Um, you know, I just really want to positively impact other people's lives. Yeah, that's perfect. So what Good. were what were some of the key features of that first one that your son-in-law built? So I really like the idea of a garage slash toy hauler area on the bottom with a bed over the top. So when you do it that way, you're able to get a really good size bed. Our beds on our Van Duets are actually almost king size. I really like that. Uh, so we did, we did have that garage on the underneath side with a bed over the top. But here's the cool features that he built into it. The bed itself is telescoping. Uh, so it actually, we call it a bed lift. So it actually will go down really far and it'll go up to the ceiling, which is really awesome because when your cargo requires more space, you lift it at night. Maybe you pull your motorcycle out or your whatever, your bicycles or whatever car you've got, cargo you have back there, kayaks or whatever. You pull them out if you want and you can lower that bed way, way down. Or to be quite frank with you, I never have to remove anything in, in order to have comfortable sleeping space. These these vans are pretty high. And so, you know, I, I can I can adjust it somewhat for what I need, but really you don't really have to pull anything out. And that's the advantage of the whole bed lift, you know, raising it and lowering it. The other neat thing is the where the toy hauler area was, uh, he created a a slide. We call it a, a gear slide. And so you literally, when you want to mount your bicycles or whatever you're going to secure back in that garage, you pull the cargo to you. You're not in on your knees and dark trying to secure everything down with straps or hooks or bungee cords or mounts or whatever. You pull all of that out to you. You're standing right beside it. You mount it all onto the gear slide and you shove it all back in. Now, when your toys aren't back there, it's a bunk bed system. So you got two people sleeping on top. You got two people sleeping on the bottom and literally you can pull that gear slide out and sleep outside if you want on the gear slide. So those were some crazy, cool, unique first features that just, you know, really awesome that along with removable seats, you know, where you could add your family in if you wanted for passenger seating or not, that was part of it as well. So he knew from the start that needed to be a modular van. And uh, so everything kind of moves, removes, and has multiple purposes. And that's that was how it started, which is what allows the van to be a multi-purpose van. So the modularity, the transformability is what allows that van to be a business van, a passenger van, or an adventure van, camper van, whatever you want it to be. And then the modularity as well lets it be updated later on if something else comes up or... Yes. It's so exciting, like just thinking about all the different things you could fit into it or could make happen because of it and all that. There was a time a few years ago where I was living on a sailboat for a little bit and we, me and my buddy Ryan, were trying to think of all the cool ways that we could make this space, the small space, seem so much yeah. bigger. And right. listening to you, it brings back those thoughts of like, oh, well, we could do this. Oh, we could do this. It sounds very cool. Yes, I'd say it's very similar. Our entire framework, we call it our skeleton grid. One of the reasons we build it the way we do is that unlike a, we're, first of all, we build it out of all marine grade material. We know things are going to get wet. Even if you're not in water sports or snow sports, things are still going to get wet because even if you just put your mosquito nets up and sleep at night with your doors open, all that night air is going to come, that moisture is coming through that van. And if it's built out of two by fours and OSB or um, melamine or any sort of wood type material, you're going to have swelling, warping, cracking, and you're probably going to have some mold issues. So first of all, it's all marine grade material. But then second of all, instead of using wood that you can stick a nail in and, you know, move your stuff around with screws and nails, you're not putting a hole anywhere. 100% of our skeleton grid is a track system that allows you. So, so since there's so much of it, you literally can change the configuration of your van. I wish I could show you on this call how easy it is. But when you talked about the Philo storing all their hoops and all their things, I've seen them use their van 
And if they need a new mount over here, literally two seconds later and the, and the, the, the thumb screw of, of your hand and you've got a new mount on the wall, you need a new bicycle mount on the floor. There's a track down there. For, there's a ton of tracks down there for that. You need to secure your motorcycle with a couple of breakover bars on your pegs. You got that. You literally want to hang, put your fishing rods up on the ceiling. You've got a grid, skeleton grid uh, track on the ceiling. You can do that. We it also called an inverted roof rack uh, on the inside of the vehicle. So with this skeleton grid system, you are so correct. Not only can you kind of modify today for what you want it to be today with very minimal effort, if there's things that are created a year from now, you can you can immediately uh, take those adaptations onto your van with very, very minimal effort. So you, you're, you're right on target there. Is there any thought about going into sailboats in the future? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, we have our hands full right now. I just, uh, I got word today that um, we've had to, we've had to extend the waiting period out now to, to seven months. So it, uh, the, it's a long waiting line and, you know, uh, it's a good, great product. And so that's why people are willing to wait. But yeah, we're, we're spread pretty thin right now. And we just want to do a really, really good job with our vans and, and taking care of the customers. Not saying I'm not open to <laughs> some things in the future, but not until uh, the right time. You know, right. I want to be sure that we can, we can uh, handle what we're doing. So we're going to give very, very good service. That wait time is, uh, I would say, a good problem to have for sure. Because I, I know how Kelsey and Jeremy talked about their van, how happy they were with it, and uh, as well as seeing one myself in person. And it was yes. just so cool. Yeah, it, um, it is a good problem to have. You know, I, I, wish we could, I wish we could produce quicker, but we really, really are, are, we are passionate about a quality product. Um, and that's really where we shine. You know, we talk, we've talked a lot about what you can see, the gear slide, the, the uh, telescoping lift, uh, bed lift, um, you know, uh, a kitchen pod that's, you know, removable. You can put it in and it's got quick release for the hot water and you can take it out. These are solar vans, so they're off-grid vans. And, you know, they all have 110 electricity, so you can plug your laptop in wherever you want. And, you know, they're just, they're unbelievable. But, you know, we really strive for quality and the things we really invested in are the things that you can't see and the things that most people can't do. When you're trying to work with AC electricity, DC electricity, 12 volt, 110, and you're working with multiple charging systems, if you're wanting to be able to charge from the alternator at the same time, charge from what we call shore power, like with, you know, a campground or a generator charge from solar. And you want to do all of this at the same time without melting wires, without burning your batteries up, overcharging your batteries, over discharging your batteries. You know, you have to use the, the right stuff. You have to use the right harnesses, the right gauge wire. You want to use uh, you don't want to you don't want to mix uh, metal types with your wire because that causes corrosion. But you want your solar system to work properly, and you want it all safe. You want you want everything uh, to have breakers and be fused properly. And so, uh, the things that you can't see is where my son-in-law, the mad scientist, shines, and it's where we just won't compromise. The problem with um, we're the do-it-yourselfers' best friend. Because because of our track system, we get it right for you to really to really make it the band you want it to be. But the problem with with a typical do-it-yourselfer starting from scratch is the stuff that's really important. The stuff I just mentioned is the stuff that takes real expertise, research, research and development, a lot of prototyping, make sure it's right. And those are the things we spend millions on. And um, the things that uh, you really can't do on a typical do-it-yourself project, it would be too costly. But then what ends up happening is you have an unsafe van in a lot of ways. Maybe it's the seating, the anchors, the, you know, the wiring, the, um, you know, all the things that you can't see. And there's where we won't compromise. But it's what takes us so darn long to build a van right is to, you know, switches are out of the implement, uh, out of the tractor industry because they can withstand dust and heat and cold. and 
evaporation and condensation and et cetera. So yeah, it, it's what takes us so long, but we really turn out a very, very quality product that that doesn't give people fits and you know and allows them to do all the things they want to do and quickly they can convert those vans just really quickly with these changes the warranty is still good right it is you know we are a, actually a partner of, of ford and uh, interestingly we as a van leasing company we still stock other van products you know and i'm actually a, a ram dealer so you know there's the ram promaster but we've chosen ford for a lot of reasons and they chose us for a lot of reasons. One is everything I just talked about. They come into our facility. They see what we're doing, how we're doing it, and uh, and make sure that everything we're doing is is done right and that it's safe. We actually like to say, and Ford likes to say, that we don't compromise the integrity of all of their engineering and their safety uh, research that they've done. We complement it. And that's a big deal. So we're using safety-tested Ford seats. Uh, that are removable. And we are not ever cutting into the van in a way that would compromise the the structural integrity. And I believe that we're probably the only ones that don't. Yes, the the warranty is is absolutely not affected by what we do. In fact, we utilize Quigley 4x4 to even to do our four-wheel drive conversions. Uh, they are a partner of ours, also a partner of Ford's. And because of that, uh, we're the only, that's the only way that you can do it without voiding the warranty is used approved modifiers and Quigley is an approved modifier. So the, the warranty stays in place and that's true for us as well. That's a very good question. And with your son-in-law as the, the mad scientist and you, and I, you employ a lot of your family and you you work in business with people that you're close to. It sounds like they're very thoughtful and generous and mindful in that, but what are some fundamental things that you think help that situation work? Because I know a lot of people have a tough time working with their family or working in business with people they're close with. What do you keep in mind when you're going through those situations? Uh, Don't treat your family like kids when they're working for you. You know, um, respect, show respect. Don't talk down to them. Listen to their ideas just like you would anyone else. I don't see myself as dad when we're working together. I see myself as the leader of the company and I see them as a valued team member. Also, I feel very, very blessed to just have amazing kids. They made my, my wife, Jill, and I look so good. I got to tell you, they just, they gave us no trouble growing up. And I feel very blessed and very fortunate. And I know that's, um, like I say, they made us look good. And uh, so it's easy to work with, uh, with offspring that is um, just tries really hard. You know, they care, they work really hard, lots of hours. They have a great work, work ethic. They're honest, just makes it easy. Honestly, they make it easy, but I also have my part to do. Yeah, they do their part, right? My part is to treat them with respect, not talk down to them. Remember that I'm not dad in this situation. Uh, and then after hours, when we say goodbye, we say, we love you. Uh, so we're, we, we understand I'm still a dad and they're still kids, but during working hours, we're very businesslike and that's a good thing because I'm not going to favor them. I'm also not going to be overly difficult to them because they're my kids. So just try my very best to, to treat them as a, val- a valued team member and, and they treat me the same way. So I think that's, I think that's a big secret. And this has been a family business. This is a third generation. My grandpa started in the car industry in 1947. So it's been a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of family stuff for a long time. So I know there usually is problems, but we just have managed to work through those. And it's not like things are perfect. They're never perfect, but we do, we have managed to work through them and it's a great situation. I'm not, I'm not just putting on airs here and putting on a big facade. Um, I love working with my kids and they're great. I can trust them. And they, like I say, they, they care so much that they're helping to drive this company. I'm not building this company. They are. Our valued team members. And even if they're not blood family, the people that work for us, I've had people, I've, my national sales manager, he's been with me for 30 years. Everybody's like family. It is just absolutely amazing. It's, a, it's just a wonderful thing to go into work. They're building the company. And I'll tell you, I don't even need to take credit for I don't need to be take credit for being um, 
you know, the, the head of the company, actually, I consider my son-in-law a co-founder. It was him that said, hey, if I come home, if we run into something that's bigger, I want, to, I want your commitment. You'll, do, you'll at least give it a, a consideration. And so, you know, I did and he did his part and, you know, I consider us co-founders. So that's the other thing with any team. Don't, don't take the credit, you know, it's not me that's doing it. It is give credit where credit's due without these folks working for me, which, you know, so many are family or like family. It wouldn't have, it would not be happening. And as long as people feel valued and appreciated, I think they're happy. You're a successful entrepreneur with Van Do It and other businesses. And it, it sounds like you've done quite a bit of traveling visually and socially around the world. If a young person came up to you and he was ambitious and wanted to travel, but also be successful, what would be some advice that you would give to him? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. Um, they wanted to travel and be successful. You know, first of all, I'd tell them if that's something that is in your heart and you really want to do it, the best time for you to do it is now, you know, while you're young, before life changes and you get um, more commitments and uh, you get to a point where you maybe can't do it as easily. Now is definitely the time to do it. But if you do it and you truly want to develop a career and travel at the same time, I would say be self-disciplined. If you're really wanting to do that, it can't be all play. And if you're lucky enough to turn play into your career, I think that's the exception and not the rule, then do that. You know, they say, you know, if you find something you love, then you're really not working. Well, I have found that with this company, but this is the first one in 32 years. I mean, yes, I was in the van business and have never not been in the van business um, and the car business and the real estate business, but this is different. This is facilitating experiences. This is helping people live their lives. This is watching dreams come true and watching the stories unfold before my eyes. So I understand now that that philosophy of do something you love and it doesn't feel like work. So if you can get lucky enough to do that, blessed enough to do that, do it. But most people don't. And I didn't for basically 30 years. Work's not always going to be enjoyable. But if you really want to be a success, you can't play all the time. So separate the two. I guess realize you do have to make a living and be disciplined about making a living. You know, if it can't be always fun when you're making a living, still work, still have a a good discipline, um, work ethic, have have good self-discipline where you're, you're making sure to get the job done. If you're working, probably somebody's depending on you. And this is the last thing I'd say somebody's depending on you. Your name is like the most valuable asset that you have that you can control. People will not entrust you with opportunity, responsibility, and therefore money until they trust you. And trust is fleeting these days. Finding trustworthy people that you can really trust what they say. They're not playing you. They're not manipulating you. They're they're telling you the transparent truth. Hard to find. So be that person and you'll do very well. If, if, if you can be that person and you can have some self-discipline while being that person for, other, for somebody who is, who is depending on you, you'll do very well. So those are, those are probably those are the things I'd say. I, would, I, I probably have some things that I would add, like faith is an important thing. I feel, it's, I feel my faith has propelled me in life because I'm working for a, a, a greater cause. And there's probably a few other things, but those are the core things right there. Do you have a system or some some way of keeping your discipline together? Do you have like a way of managing it? Do you have maybe a certain way of doing lists or morning ritual of some sort? Well, for me, uh, here the last few years, my um, travel and my work has been the same. I said if you could get fortunate enough to do that, do it. You know, if you have to separate work and fun, you know, be disciplined. But over the last few years, you know, I've been able to go to events in, in places in Utah or California or, you know, even Arkansas, Bentonville, Arkansas. What an awesome place to go ride a bicycle. It's like the, it's becoming the, the mountain bike Mecca of the world. And thank you, Walmart. 
it is, uh, it's an amazing place to go. It's not real far from me, but you know, I'll go down there for a big bicycling event that, you know, some of them are coming up real soon, like, um, Epic rides. Um, it's called the Oz trails Epic, I believe in Bentonville. Uh, there's also the outer bike event in Bentonville, but I get to go to all these amazing places. I've been to Denver a lot. I've been up in the Rockies quite a bit and, and all along I'm showing the van. I'm talking to people about the van and I'm playing all at the same time. I'm going on my bike rides and sometimes I'm going on group rides with my customers or with people in the outdoor industry. So I'm working and playing and traveling all at the same time. It's like all one thing uh, right now. So it kind of all bleeds together right now. Now I can reverse back when I, I needed to take time for my family and for, you know, like family trips and things like that. And, and if I reverse back to those days, which wasn't that long ago, yeah, I, I definitely had a regimen and um, basically it was work before play. And so I would get up in the morning. I would, honestly, I would spend the first part of my day in thought, in prayer. I, I, you know, I'd open up my Bible. I'd, I'd read some really good stuff that taught me how to be a better person. Then I would uh, get to work and uh, I'd try to get to work early um, because I would have this list of things. I keep lists, lots of, I mean, lists on my phone. I've got lists and tasks and notes and stuff on my calendar. But I kind of knew by looking at my lists what I needed to get done that day. And I would tell myself, here's your reward. <laughs> my friend James, who worked with me, he's a fellow mountain biker. He did the same thing with me. So we both came in with our lists. And honestly, it will keep you motivated because when we got done with our list for that day, we hit the trails. We got on our mountain bikes and we went and got our ride in for the day. And we tried to get that done early enough that we didn't take time away from home. So it was a, um, a very motivating thing to to know I'm going to get these very important tasks done. And I feel like if I do that, I'm rewarded with a bike ride and I'm going to get that bike ride done in a fashion where I'm going to get home in a reasonable period of time to spend time with my wife and kids. So that is, that's what, how I conducted it. Life's changed. I'm empty nested. Now uh, my wife travels with me a lot and we travel for work and work happens to be play. So uh, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, absolutely. That's a wonderful way of putting it in a very simple system. You know, you have your list of things that need to get done every day. You have your reward, which you look forward to, and you get it all done fast enough that you can go home and enjoy that as yes. well. It'll drive you. <laughs> It'll drive you. It was actually not my idea. It was my friend James. Um, you know, he worked with me in the real estate business and he, he always had his projects and I had mine and they, they really didn't. They didn't, they, they didn't go together, but so we really didn't know what each other's list was. I only know I was rushing to get mine done and he was rushing to get his done. And oftentimes they would, they would get done at about the same time to where we could, where you could get out of there and have a great time. So, and then oftentimes, um, that included my, my kids cause you know, they were mountain bikers too. So a lot of times I'd, uh, get them after school and we'd go on bike rides. So yeah, great times and hard work, lots of hard work. You don't get anywhere without hard work. I mean, I hate to say it. Very few people just stumble into something that's just so easy and they really become a, a success story without hard work. I always say, don't, don't let anybody fool you. You know, 99% of the time, if you want to be successful in anything financially or in any other way, it's work. It, relationships, spiritual life, it, it, it takes effort. It, it takes work. That's excellent advice. When you first began the idea of Van Do It, who did you have in mind? Who did you visualize would be getting these vans and using these vans around the country and around the world? And who, who are you hoping to market these to and to help facilitate their lives? It's a really interesting, it's a really good question. Um, I, I will tell you, and, and I'll admit, when, when we first started um, doing these vans, I, I had a, a real um, drive to make them affordable for everybody. So, so when we started, we basically said, I had a guy say to me one time, sell to the masses and then you'll get to live with the classes, but you just sell to the classes and you're going to live with the masses. And, and that made sense to me. So, so I, I kind of had in my mind for that reason. And for just the idea that there's a lot of expensive RVs and 
there's a lot of expensive product out there. Just the cost of vehicles these days, you know, that aren't camper vans. They're just trucks and vehicles. So expensive. And so when we started, we said, hey, well, you know, we'd like an entry point on price of, uh, of a camper van at $48,000. I didn't see us going up a ton from there, frankly. But we started adding things. And, and, and trust me, at $48,000, I mean, everybody thought, oh, wow, okay. This can be a passenger van. This can be a, a business van and a camper van for $48,000. I'm going to sell my, my trailer and my truck. And I'm going to sell my minivan and this is our vehicle. And that is what we wanted. That was our goal when we were doing this. And honestly, I had probably young families in mind um, that I didn't want them to have to pay a, a high price for, a, for the ability to go do this. I, I wanted to facilitate these experiences without breaking the bank. But what happened is, and, 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 and we did fine at that and still have a van at that price. But what happened is we started inventing all this cool stuff and making it available, and it started bringing the price of the van possibility up. And then the baby boomers got a hold of this van and um, and business people. And then the baby boomers, you know, they've, they've worked hard. They have a lot of money, and, and they say, well, I want more. Here's some things I want. I want solar. I want four-wheel drive. I want, you know, all these things. And so I'll tell you what's happened. The, the common theme here is multi-purpose. The common theme is most people who buy them, even if it's a retired person, they're not just retiring and not doing anything except taking their van to a state park and sitting in a lawn chair. They're hiking, they're taking pictures, they're doing videography, they have purpose. They still have a second career. So the the, the common theme is multi-use is, I want this van to haul my grandkids, I want this van to go to every national park in the United States and photograph those experiences. And uh, I want this van. So that's, you know, more business oriented. And I want to, I want to have a cool van with my wife to go sleep in. And so it is, it's, it has been a huge cross section. The thing about, I would say the millennial generation, uh, they've got it right uh, when it comes to in wanting a quality of life. They're willing to work really hard, but they also want to have a playtime. They want a quality of life. And what happened is that changed the culture of America. Um, I truly believe that the millennial generation changed the culture of America in this way for the positive. Because the baby boomers who spent all of their time working, but they were once hippies, that free spirit came back and they're buying the vans. The baby boomers who maybe, you know, they understand and value the quality of life. We talked about that earlier with, you know, mobile services and and paying to, you know, not waste time. They can afford the van at this point in life. They can already afford the van because we make the vans that affordable. So, you know, now we've got vans that are that have tons and tons of possibilities as far as options. Uh, and, and we sell all the way down to somebody who's just out of college. So it's everybody, which is great for us. It's part of why we've got that seven-month waiting list. But the common theme is multi-purpose, multi-use. So if I had to say demographic, it's really tough to say it's everybody for those purposes, uh, for those reasons that I just said. However, there is that common theme of multi-purpose, wanting to use it for business, pleasure, kids, people transportation, et cetera. You've talked about a lot of stories where the van has helped someone and success stories where your dream for it has become reality. Is there, is there one you haven't mentioned that you had that moment where you saw it being used and giving someone the, the life that they wanted as well, that you were like, this is it, this is, this is what it was all about? So many of those stories. This part could choke me up a little, but when I see, um, you know, life's not always easy. You know, when I see somebody uh, going through tough times in life physically, when I see a wife that uh, is dying of cancer and a husband who just wants to take uh, their wife on a journey and, and, I, and I see that happen, that's, uh, that's a really incredible thing to watch. Uh, and, and I've seen that happen. When I see... Um, uh, 
parents who go through a difficult divorce and the father says, you know what, this has been horrible on us, it's been horrible on the kids. But when my, when my, uh, when my little girls come and spend time with me, I want it to be memorable experiences. And I want to, uh, I want every day to be an adventure. And, and you see the pictures, they send you the pictures and they tell you, uh, it's the best thing they ever did. Whether it's the, the husband taking his wife on their final adventures, uh, taking, you know, kind of doing the bucket list or, or the dad that uh, um, wants life to be an adventure for his girls, wants to make it as good as he can be. I see those kinds of things every day. Those two definitely come to my mind, but there's so many more. And I, I love this simplistic approach to life. Um, God gave us a, an amazing place to live. I wish we would do our best to not ruin it. Um, but I certainly want to do my part to help everybody enjoy it and to, and to, uh, like I say, it's, it's your life. I really do just want to help you live it. So those are a couple of, couple of stories right there. Well, I think you're doing uh, an incredible job for what you set out to do. I, I know those stories definitely strike home for me, pretty familiar. And I'm sure a lot of, a lot of families can get, use that to solve at least some of what they're going through and help them. Well, thank you. It's truly what drives our whole team. It's not just me, our, our whole team. It's, it's amazing. They're so dedicated, absolutely so dedicated. I, I, the hours they put in, the hard work they put in, the calls they take to, to help a customer with a, you know, something they don't understand or whatever. I know why they're doing it. I mean, it isn't the money. They're they're doing it because they see what I'm seeing. They see how this this facilitates these experiences and this tool is allowing people to live life in a way they've never lived before. Boy, it motivates. And it it's it's a driving force for sure. And I truly believe that's why we have such a great team is everybody's got to make a living, but they're not there for the money. I mean, they couldn't be there without it, but they're there for what they see happening in people's lives. And that's why they're working so hard. They don't just put in time. Let me tell you, these people are putting in 12 hours a day and keeping their phone on their hip at night. And we also try to keep it fun for them. So for our team, you know, they get to go to some events and, we try to spread the love around and, and when they we know they're working really hard. So, you know, we try to keep it fun for them as well. Well, Brent, thank you for coming on. It was wonderful talking to you. I'm really glad that we got connected and that this could happen, that I could talk to you. Yes, me too. Me too. Absolutely. And I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. That's it. That's the episode. The seasonals are Kelly Mogg, Ryan Deininger, me, Joey Ravinsky. The theme song by Ryan Deininger, Joe Williams, Louis Leva, Chappie, Thomas Hamilton. Follow us on Instagram at the seasonals underscore. Like us on Facebook. Listen to our next episode. That's it. We're out. Yeah.